morning and welcome to your daily game face. Late, but better late than never. We're yes. having some technical difficulties this morning. We're not really sure if we're on. Yeah, I think we are. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. We're going to blame it on the heat. Yeah. There were lots of power outages here. And did you have power last night? Yeah, I did. Oh, well, I did too. I had a flicker. Mm-hmm. My TV and internet went out. As far as I know, I did anyway. 10 o'clock. Oh, you didn't? Oh, yeah. No clocks blinking this morning or anything like that. Um, yeah, well, we had a quick flash, and some transformer near where we are went out and blew out, like, the whole area. And then, but then this morning coming in, I was hearing from everyone, because it's already 97. Yeah. And it was 101 yesterday in my car at 8 o'clock last night, coming back from the gym. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so anyway. So Boy, I'm 90 bl- plus makes people that much more entertaining and affable doesn't it no because i was out yesterday walking <laughs> in the middle of the day which i don't know why i was doing that on a trail with a client and oh people were not, <laughs> not in a good mood and so yeah so anyway so i'm we're 10 minutes late and i'm sorry not really i'm not sorry because we're still here yeah but we're just having some technical difficulties this morning facebook or the heat or something's going on well the streaming wasn't showing going up on my end and then i just said screw it let's go live and <laughs> Looked at the page and it was up. So okay, well, it's up on the page. Hopefully we're up. We're up. My monitoring system doesn't work, but it's up on the page. So okay, and that's well, what we're going with. This is this is okay, and hopefully everyone can hear us. If not, then you're going to hear it after because it will go get posted up after. Yes, so. I'm recording this too. So so hello. In case we have issues. Good Wednesday. I'm like good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good Wednesday. And and it's a hot one here in Boston, Massachusetts. It's going to be a hundred and something crazy degrees today. This is the last day they say of the. The heat streak. We had the hottest day in June in, on record yesterday. Did really? you know that? No, I did not. You usually know these things. Well, <sighs> lackluster. I got things going on. Every, <laughs> yes, everything. Uh, so, um, so it's we're a very scorcher. Ex- you what? It's a scorcher. It's a scorcher. As they say in Boston, it's a scorcher. Mm-hmm. You like my accent? <laughs> going to turn into a new yorker it's yeah. a scorched new yorker it's got, got a little mix in there <laughs> i know yeah. it's like it's like when uh, my husband will do like an indian accent because he's telling like a story and yeah. he's like you know because you know how people just break into like the accent of it, and it ends up being like something totally different like you know it's irish it's just like where'd you go i'm like well, well, who are you with so he's like i don't know I some of us it. don't do dialects well yeah he does them really well but it just you know they cross over yeah. i do not i sort of do but anyway i got I a southern one i got a southern but that's about it. I, in acting school, I trained for a southern one because I did cat on a hot tin roof, and so I did you. I did. Wow. And so I had to do a a very heavy um, southern accent, you know, because you had to talk really down south in the y'all yeah y'all y'all brick. Remember cat on a hot tin roof? A little bit. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I've seen it. I talk about talk about before. timely about people back in the day being you know like in addiction and relationships. There's a there's a play for you. Great yeah, play. There's a good relationship play right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very entertaining relationship play. The relationship between three people and booze. Yeah, if you remember. Um, but anyway, um, exciting week. We launched the Human Baton. You know, last week on the twenty first. And we did the first week of challenges, <clears throat> and the first week of challenges are still up. Today was the last day for submission, but it's been extended to July 4th because we had a whole bunch of people sign up, tons of people sign up, and people are a little slow, I think pretty yeah. hesitant to get their first videos up. Um, we were talking about it yesterday, the team, and um, the 
submission rate is there, but we're trying to get more people right. to go. So it's first time through. Give them a, give them a little leeway. Right. So we're going to add a few extra days for the Fourth of July, and I'm going to post up my my um, challenges, the actual my competing. Um, but I did do my demo and put my demo up and. That was an entertaining feat for myself because I have to laugh at myself, which I'll I'll share some of the story with you. And if Eric in Sweden's listening, he will have a good laugh with me because he, you know, if I had known if I had known afterwards how good Theo, my friend Theo, who's on the team in France, was at doing the first level challenge, I my quote was I would have surrendered to it earlier <laughs> <laughs> and not killed myself doing it, but it was fine. Because was it the challenge you showed me last week? Yes, that oh, was yeah. the challenge mm -hmm. that I was showing Lou last week. Um, the first level of the two levels challenges, so it's the advanced level that I was still working on because I hadn't quite perfected it to my level yet, and I spent a long time trying to get this to to write itself and. Yeah, Friday morning, I, I kept begging for a little bit more time because I just, if my knee or my ankle <laughs> didn't blow out and I ruined my ma marathon chances or my <laughs> Loon Mountain race next weekend, it was going to be blown. So I surrendered and gave up, which it kills me because, as you know, I'm very competitive and I need to, you know, do things to be in the zone. But my second level was spot on. I was have it to say. Yeah. yes was it more um, conducive to your skill set um than the first well level? my it's more conducive to the current skill set the yeah. first level so i can tell you what it was so the second level is the is a roll 1 8 roll it's like a pistol squat but with both legs so it's a roll squat 180 jump turn to a roll squat 180 jump turn so you roll jump up turn yeah. roll jump up I do those all the time. It's I do it for training for you know quick off the block kind of thing, good speed training for um, marathon and et cetera. However, the single leg pistol squat is now the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ever see one of those again, yep. except for the fact that Eric, my partner in crime, has asked me to go ahead and try to film them anyways for my own competition level just to put them up so that people can see how ridiculous I look, right. which I'm happy to do because I'm <laughs> fine laughing at myself falling on my tush backwards because I can't get it all the way up or I fall forwards. Yep. Um, but the the roll pistol squat, yeah, that is not in my current skill set because as a gymnast, we used to do them all the time. And, right. and But now I haven't done them in the better part of two, two and a half years because my personal trainer for running said we don't do those because that actually can hurt your knees and hips I <laughs> so i haven't yeah. done them and for the running i mean they're good for like squat you know um power lifters do them and you know that's their that's their set but for someone like me that's not good for me well the technical notes for something like that like these challenges have to meet certain specific qualifications like to get counted right so they so they have to have, there's a certain technique to them so you know you have to make sure that you you know like you don't put your arms down you don't use your hands to get up that yeah. you don't use you, know, you don't cheat it right and it's hard to cheat those those are incredibly right. you yeah. have to have really good uh, flexibility um, power out of your core and some good agility and like um, ankle rotation and so um, you don't have to be a star athlete because clearly. I'm not in my single leg pistol squats <laughs> anymore. <laughs> um, and I used to love doing them. I mean, we used to do them all the time. That was like you'd have to go and you just, that was like a little You used to like doing set. them? You what? You used to like doing them? Is that what yeah, you just well, said? Yeah, well, like 
As in, like, you know, they were just part of it, so they were easy. Mm-hmm. And now that's why it kills me, because I'm like, oh, these, I can't do these anymore. And yeah. it's not that I can't. It's just that they don't look pretty. They're not executed well. Mm-hmm. And so they look horrific. <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yep. And I have no shame in telling you they look like caca. Yeah, well, you're done. So. And so, yes. So we're anyway, on to Cincinnati. So the single-leg <laughs> pistol squat is no more for me. And... um but the the whole thing is rolled out literally, and it's out there. And so we've got the first week challenges up and running. Second week challenges have been rolled out on Monday, so those are up and running. So everyone has till the the fourth to submit the first week because we extended it for mm-hmm. people to get their submissions in. And then next Wednesday is the second week. But then the third week comes out on on Monday, which I can't tell you what that is. But there's another one that will be very entertaining for me to do. <laughs> I, I tend to call it the floor licker. Oh, no. <laughs> that's my words yeah. for it because that's what I always called it in the gym, the floor licker. Because the, the accountability for me, um, falling on my face to lick the floor at least once during it was oh, always God. there. Yep. <laughs> we should get your videos and just post them on the show here. I could do that. Week. I could absolutely get my videos and post them up on the show. <laughs> I would be happy to do so. <laughs> I have no problem putting it right out there of all my terribleness and my tries because that's that's so that's really what it's about so this is one of the great things about it is that i think a lot of people get down and one of the reasons why people don't like to post or say you know it's because you're exposing places where you have vulnerability and it's like i don't know if it's because of the age i've gotten to but it's like after 20 it's like well you know what who cares Right, exactly. Yeah, like you know, it's like, well, what is it? What does it really matter at the end of the day that someone's going to judge you for not being able to lift your tush off the floor? Which I find funny because <laughs> I do. You know, gravity gets you. People always sure. say, "Can you still do all the tumbling?" Well, at my age, and it's not an excuse. At my age, not like I used to, but certainly I go out and try. I see stars afterwards. Yeah. You know, I I do like a round of back handspring and like do a layout or something, and I'm I'm definitely seeing stars. Right. Um, or my wrists are going, oh, wow, you gained weight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because gravity takes over. Sure. So it's it's um, one of those lovely things, you know. So, But the human baton is, is out there, and it's exciting, and we have a whole bunch of really cool stuff coming. And, you know, don't forget that there's, you know, prize money, there's swag, and so people that haven't gotten in. You can't win the big prize, grand prize now if you haven't signed up from the beginning, right. but you can still win all the stuff in between just because you have to have all six weeks to complete. So, um, But then there'll be another six-week round coming, So, but people can sign up still as long as you, you know, yep. can, can get to your computer and sign <laughs> up. So it's thehumanbaton.com backslash challenges for the challenge channel, and you can go there and you can see me rocking and rolling out there, and maybe uh, Lou, I'll send you um, my video, so you can post it up there. We'll see if we can get them up there, yeah. Are they posted on the site at all? Huh? Can you see them on the site? Well, you can't see them on THB.live. You can see them on the challenge channel. So when you go to the challenge backslash channel, the backslash challenge channel, you can see the 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 rocking and rolling okay. of the roll 180 and the roll pistol squats, <laughs> right? So um, super fun, having the best time. Great team. Love, love my uh, THB family. So we're... We're a cool tribe. Um, Anyway, so then next week, I'm going to do this nice little promo in, and I will be promoing it all week. We have an exciting show, I think. Well, hopefully it will be exciting. Yeah. Is it going to be exciting? I think so. Okay. 
Did you actually have a conversation with any of them, or is this just through? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. It's not the way this works. Of course not. So next week. That's what's going to be the fun part. Are we having both of them? You're doing an interview. I know. Am I having both of them on? I think so. Oh, boy. I got an email back. I haven't looked at it yet. Oh, for good Lord's sake. I mean, seriously. This is why I said production. Listen, this is a good psychological principle for you. Stay on task. Do the show that you're doing. I am. I'm trying to talk about next week's show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I believe okay. we have both, Noel Brick and Scott Douglas. Good. So Noel Brick and Scott Douglas, um, Dr. Noel Brick and Scott Douglas, are the um, authors of The uh, Genius of Athletes. Yes. And they have the, it's a brand new book that came out a couple months ago, right, or in the past couple months. Um, release date, uh I don't have the release date. I think it was in like May. Yeah. But it made like a lot of part of May. But anyway, very exciting because they have done um, a book on basically what I do for a living. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. Literally, after I, after I read it, I was like, oh, I should have written that book. Right? So yep. it's going to be fun because it's about how they've looked at world-class athletes and put it into this really very well-written storyline of how to translate all the concepts and being who these people are in their real lives of world-class athleticism from yep. all kinds of sports that they, they right. compiled and how to apply it to your daily life and really, you know, take world-class athlete mentality and mindset and put it into like everyday people life and how, how you can just use the same concepts and principles, which is what I do for a living. Yeah. That's a huge thing because as so I was, excited. as I was making games and stuff like that, I always remember thinking all the time, I had this as an athlete. Why can't I use it? Yeah, why can't I apply it in my own life? I know. We talk, talk yeah. about that all the time. And I say, you can. You just never, no one ever showed you how to flip it over to say, here's how it translates and applies over here. Well, it's just that uh, as most athletes are alter egos. They're, them as an athlete is often an alter ego. It's not, it's not who they are in real life. Well, yes and no, but no, yeah. but yes. Yeah, I understand. Right? Yeah. You, you know, so, um, and that's and that's the concept of this book. I mean, you know, if I had written it, I'd be promoing, my, promoing mine. But go out and read this book or get it on Audible. You can get it and, and, and hear it. Um, it's really about taking the concept you're talking about and, and applying it to your everyday life. And people, and, and that's why I encourage THB not to harp on THB, but I will because, yep. you know, it is my project. So, <laughs> But it's, it's about not having to be, you don't have to be an elite or Olympic or pro athlete. You just have to be a person. And you have to be able to say, hey, I'd like to try something and I'd like to take a risk. And, oh, I don't want to take a risk and I'm going to look at it and see maybe can I do it. And how can I do it if I've never done that? And so it's really taking the concepts yeah. of, um, you know, a little bit of goal setting and kind of how you utilize your own mindset that you already have yeah. and build on the strengths of it to keep going. But you have two different self-images usually as an athlete and as a person. Yes, you have. So I had gymnast me yeah. and then Mimi. Right, exactly. <laughs> Mimi. That's right. The athlete is not the same person. Right. And not in the same milieu. So, like I said, you have different self images as a person, as an athlete. You can apply some of these principles as an athlete because, first of all, you learn them. Right. You apply them. You get tangible feedback. Right. It doesn't work that way in life. So, that's kind of like um, the persona that when we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about Osaka, you know, the Osaka. Um, Oh my God! I just lost her name. Mm-hmm. The tennis player. Yes. Um, Naomi. Oh, right. I couldn't remember her first name. Naomi Osaka. You can't she, do interviews. Just be. <laughs> what? That she it? she was she was um, she was very comfortable in her tennis athlete self. Yep. But the other self to be in public is not a self that she identifies with, so she doesn't do that well. So she doesn't want to participate in that, and therefore, she then 
collapsed essentially on the tennis part and said, forget it, I'm not doing it if I can't just be that. So that's that, that strange conflict that does come up for many people in the sport yeah. because of the, the forced issues that you didn't sign up for that sort of come with the sport that you're in that right. you, if you're at that high level. Um, so it's how do you generalize that to everyday people and everyday life? Well, public persona, home persona, school persona, job persona, right. family persona. Like you have all these pieces of you that you're different in and how, you know, where are you the most safe? And I mean, I, to apply it to like, I have a kid that I see that, um, she, she goes to school, she does great. She's fine. She's, you know, and as soon as she comes home, I mean, it's barely even out into the car sometimes the school's like, she's amazing. She's a wonderful child. She's great. I mean, yeah. superstar. And then she gets in the car and it's like, Sybil. <laughs> she turns it and, that, and that's that's yeah. what her mother calls her. That's what I end up, we not to her, but we're like, oh, because it's the Sybil personality that comes out because she becomes the devil, you know, because yeah. she la she's so anxious and she's so contained to be this person in school that by the time she gets to the car and gets home, she leaks out everywhere and loses her mind because she doesn't know how to transfer over or to balance out the anxiety containment that she's doing at school yeah. to be that person versus at home. So safe, safe home. So she lashes out at people. She's nasty. She's over the top. She comes across as being entitled yeah. and it turns into this big thing of how, and she's still young. So it's hard to get the concept of this over right. to her at that age because of her age. And so it's, you know, yeah, it's a challenge for me at my job. <laughs> I don't, I, kids, so it's easier sometimes. Well, not I shouldn't say it's not easier with adults because adults sometimes just can't even see it at all. Yeah. And they just are like in denial. I had a friend in my group when we were young growing up. Yeah. And we stayed friends into adulthood. And uh, he was uh, heavy, you know, in the group and not a great athlete, but hung mm -hmm. out with us and played and stuff like that. And didn't have the most successful life in high school and that type of thing. Got out, went through school, and then ended up working for Enterprise Car Rental uh -huh. and went nuts in the company. Like, they loved him. And he just kept getting promotions and going up and stuff like that. And he took on, he, he just started gravitating more towards that as time went on because that was a successful, right. happy place for him. Right. Much more so than what was good. And he wasn't, he didn't have trouble in life or anything like that. But he was a superstar at Enterprise. Right. And so he just because gravitated to it. He, was, he yeah. found where he was the competitor, where he was getting praise. He was winning yeah. his gold medals. He was getting yeah. he was getting his accolades. Whereas at home or wherever else, he probably wasn't. Or if he was, he wasn't able to identify that. Or it wasn't enough. Right. Right. So, and did I interrupt your story? No, so. no. It's just that was an example that really drove things home for me because to see the difference in him, and and again, as his life, his life just started drifting towards doing that. So that's an interest. So the interesting concept about that is when I see young youngsters, you know, like early preteen coming up through teenage years that are struggling with the identity between home life or athlete life or whatever that is, is I often direct them into acting. Mm -hmm. Now, why? Interesting. Right. Yeah. So because acting techniques, um, it, first of all, acting itself is becoming another character, right? And improving when in, in letting go of the image that you have of yourself and becoming someone else or becoming a part of a different storyline and letting go of the self-conscious social norming and all these pieces that don't have to be talked about directly like you do in therapy yeah um you're doing it through the skills of acting so i often get parents to enroll their kids early on in an acting class or 
I think I feeder all the programs in the Boston area for the <laughs> acting programs in the summer because I try to get kids that are struggling with their, you know, just their self-esteem and their feelings of self-worth and identities, kids that have been bullied, because acting school or, or kids, like they all provide a really good environment for where you can really be yourself, but you're doing it through another character, but it's kind of getting in touch with all those things that you wouldn't yeah. be able to because you're covering them because you have to do this certain thing when you're in school. Or as an adult, you have to be this certain way at work. You have to be this certain way at family events. You have to be all these expectations that get put on you, and it's... You know, that's one of the things I, I always tell my 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 over twenty somethings, and I started the show that way. I said, you know, one of the expectations. What are the biggest expectations that women can let go of after they're twenty? Is the expectations of what other people have of you? Because the the gender. Yep. Here we go. The gender piece of that, and the pressure of how a woman has to be or a girl has to be, and what the expectation is of that, is huge. So the persona to perform to be the cutest, the prettiest, not not the smartest. Yeah. No, you know, as a as a female talking about the psychology of that, it's it's a constant like, oh, she's the cutest cheerleader. Oh, she has this or she has that about her physicality. Like all these pieces, but it's not about oh, we know her because she's this. Yeah. So there's all these pieces that kids, adults, you know, that if you could just translate over that find that balance of here you can go by being who you are, but just channeling it in different ways so that your anxiety doesn't go up. So that's why I like acting as a technique in therapy, like psychodrama in the session, but you can just go out and take some acting classes to get used to being you. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, I told you I went to New York City to do acting so that one of the reasons was because I had to get over. <laughs> Here I could perform in front of thousands of people yeah. and do gymnastics, but as soon as I had to, like, talk to you and... In a group, one-on-one, -on -one, fine, a few people, fine, but put me on, like, a stage and talk? Oh, no, now you can't shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. That's the same. I live the same life. It's like you're doing serious in front of tens of thousands of right. people. No problem. And my girlfriend was at a restaurant with her daughter at a Mexican restaurant, and they were making something table-side. Yeah. And I'm th she's sending me the video, and I'm thinking it's, that's way too much social interaction for me. I don't want someone at my table-side. Oh, that's right. No, I don't have I got to interact like with somebody? No. <laughs> yeah. See, I like that. So I don't have a problem with that now because I always like that. But it was just about, like, it was the judgment. It's people worry, and I have no problem talking about that personally. It's we all, including me, I was raised to always be, I was specifically raised to be worried about what everyone else thought. Yeah. And mine was, like, direct. Most people I see in my office is kind of indirect, subtle, sometimes a little bit direct, or people have to be like, what do you mean, and why is that, and who did that? And But many people, like myself, especially in a sport like I was in, um, it's, you know, it's gymnastics is a self-conscious sport. Yeah. <laughs> You're, here you are, this, this teeny little girl in a leotard in the big floor, mm -hmm. and here you go, perform. Yep. You know, it's a constant eyes on, eyes on, eyes on. So it's very directed at, like, how you look, how you act um, from the moment you walk in to walk off. Like, everything is supposed to be a certain way, and it's a lot of pressure. Um, and I think that's a, for many, many athletes. But that's also for people in general. Like, you have to be a certain way in your job. You have to act a certain way when you're at school. You have to be certain. Like, it has to be. It has to be. You're supposed to be. And it's it's... A tremendous amount of pressure that often sabotages people because you build a storyline on top of the have to be that was supposed to be the yep. expectation and you end up getting 
into the perfectionistic pieces, the things that just aren't possible. So really reframing your head around, which takes a lot of work to really work on just, you know, practice doesn't make perfect. So I, I, it must be a week or two of throwing certain people in my family under the bus. I used to get told in the gym all the time because I had coaches that were my family members that, you know, perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. And years went by and I was at UMass Amherst in my undergrad years. And I remember being with the gymnastics coach, talking to them about it. And they were like, that's ridiculous yeah. because it's so un." unreachable you can right. like and so um, plus you won't extend to learn right so yeah. and it was because it's it's all or nothing it's failure it's it's either you're perfect or you're a failure and right. so the mindset growing up for many people and i see this all the time in my office without those words is you must be perfect and even if you don't have anyone telling you that the the environment has somehow created this perfection so my my saying is not practice makes perfect or you know there is no perfect right because that's actually it's a self-imposed prison you know you're imposing on yourself to be behind those bars that you can't get out of even if the doors are open on the other sides because you just can't see it but it's practice makes progress you're always progressing if you're progressing then great you know kids will come in and go i got a 91 i'm a failure on an exam you know yeah it's like a 91 yeah right. so you're in school do you know why school is school because you're supposed to be there to learn not to be perfect Right. But then you have, you know, parents on the backside of like, you know, you know, an 85 is unacceptable. Well, you know what? In 85, if they're doing all their best and they're also working and they're doing their sport, I think we're good. Yep. <laughs> but they're not going to get into Harvard. I understand that. But they're <laughs> 15. <laughs> That's a really good thing to be aware of what expect expectations you're living up to. Right. And I used to I used to say with kids, I still say with kids, I think you should put expectations on kids and I'm not talking abusive unrealistic expectations but for Healthy. example 10 o'clock at night you make a meal do your dishes right you know that type of thing because kids will rise or fall and reasonable yeah. you have to always have something that's rational reasonable and realistic not something that's so far-fetched that the bar is so high that the failure is inevitable inevitable just to give them the sense that they have a responsibility to right. something well and that leads to the accomplishment which begets the next time of right. doing it on their own but you have to be aware be, well, kids will rise or fall to their expectations, right. and that can easily be abused, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be aware of what expectations are driving you. Because I remember right. doing, a, it was a few years back, we were doing a live show, and I don't do a lot of live stuff. And they said, can you go up and introduce the act and do a, a few minutes? And I'm, that was a kind of a stretch for me because I hadn't Did done it. Did you have to do a few minutes of comedy? No. Oh, well, no, I wouldn't call it. I was going to laugh. I wouldn't call it that. But, um, but. It was one of these things where I said, well, it's okay because they expect, the audience expects me to do it. Right. When I'm on stage, they're expecting a host. They're expecting, right. you know, it's like what I do here. People expect certain things. So you got a mindset going. Yeah. And the expectation I didn't like in that scenario was that guy making me the guacamole or whatever the hell he was making is going to want to converse and god show, forbid the guacamole at the table side <laughs> he wants me to show him i'm entertained and it's like you know really i don't care i don't care yeah I, no i don't I, do you i mean well i do i do sometimes it just depends like well now so for instance i mean we're going to go off the topic for just a second but not really but like when i go to my favorite japanese steakhouse yeah i love jimmy jimmy is my japanese steakhouse chef I've seen him do it so many times. He literally comes over to the table. He looks at me. He looks at John. And says, "Hey guys," and he goes through the whole thing. He knows we're not really paying attention, but he knows that we love what he does. We talk to him and whatever, yep. but we're really not paying attention. 
But if we were with people that had been and whatever, then sure. Right. But it's not really a thing. So I get it. But you can focus, so you can pick the uh, expectations that you focus on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so that, that with an athlete, when you're on the field, when you're performing, you have expectations, yes. right? You're performing to expectations, but you have confidence in your skill set to accomplish them. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes. Sure. sure. You, you get nervous. You get stage fright. Right. You know, if you're not sure about what you're doing. But right. generally speaking, as an athlete, you have a better skill set to handle some of the stuff that you do in real life. Some people have an expectation of personality at the job, and they're, they're that person at the job, and then they come home, and they're a completely different person. Well, and, and that's and that's one of the things that I so talking about applying the sport, the modern day sports psychology concepts to real life, everyday life is just that example is like a person goes to work and they perform and they know the expectation and then they come home and then there's totally this other person. And I and I will ask clients and I have, my, have one in mind right now that I ask, like, what happens? Like, what where does your mindset go? What shifts? And some of the answers are disturbing. And so they're not worth going into because it's sort of, wow. Um, but they're not good. They're not healthy because it's, it's. You get it's, different it's results. Com yeah, it's it's like it doesn't matter. So they have, you know, there's some role ideals in their mind. Um, they have very specific roles of who they are versus who their partner is and what their kids' roles are. And so it changes as if it doesn't matter. Um, as much because they're not getting either the praise or the accolades like they feel they should or in things like that so it's like the tweak of the narcissistic piece is that the ego isn't being driven at home as much as it's being driven at work in these in some cases not all but in some cases that's really common that i see that someone will be very high producing and very much present at their job and then come home and do nothing and be like well i worked yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. And then we have this whole other part of the day. Um, but the, the producing part is that you have every part of your life has production. Every part of your life has meaning. Right. Um, and that's a hard concept. If we, if, so I, I liken it to working with veterans who've been over, who've served in theater, right? So sure. they're in, not in theater, but that, right. you know, yep. in wartime. They're in the war zones and they, they are serving and they do and they've seen crazy things or whatever and then they come home and so i mean this is the this is i always think is the ultimate extreme example of these this example is who they are there versus who they are at home yeah. and to make that shift in the turn switch of okay i'm this person who had to save lives or had to be on the front line or there was something always going on that was dependent on me it was life and death life and death really yep. Yep. and now i'm kicking a soccer ball with my four-year-old yeah. And there's nothing exciting or adrenaline pushing or yeah. um, and so you I see a lot of veterans as you know that really struggle with their identity of who I was over there versus who I am here and I it's kind of like the dissociative identity disorder even though it's not so don't everyone ever go right. oh my yeah. god it's not the same but to liken it to the fact that it's like you have to integrate the experiences of that was there and this is here and they're two totally separate things yet the expectation to be a great father or great mother or you know that your life your child's life or your family's life is depending on you being a good example and a role model um that you know so giving pieces from their other life into right. this one to give them some kind of 
But what they're struggling with Motivation. is their skill set was fit for over there. Right. It's not fit for over here. I'm guessing that's why so many veterans go into police work. They go right. into security work. They go right. into, you know, some exactly. type of first responder type Ex of situation. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's why. And, and so on one side of that, you see a lot of those, those crossovers that struggle because they haven't resolved out the conflict, even though they're back in a position of adrenaline rush. You see the conflict of power mm -hmm. that gets uh, that's not resolved. It's like trying to act out because it's very different civilian policing versus you know fire versus versus when you're in Iraq. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's this constant shifting and balancing of what the reality is, what the reasonableness, what's the rationale of being present in your moment, but using the concepts of do you want to be successful? You know, what is success? You know, if you're if you're a you know um, a Simone Biles and you're going to if you're Simone Biles at work and and you come home and now you you know don't do anything at home and your family's like wondering what's going on in your life and you have no connection mm -hmm. like what's you know what's happening you know so it's it's about transferring your your superstar athlete mindset when you're at your job or when you're doing your community service work or wherever your passion is really it's where your passion drives you versus you know, what's missing at the other places where your personality or your mindset goes. So do you start with those other places and your interaction with those other places? Do you start with building a sense of self that can function in those places? So it's, so it's dependent on the person. You know, I mean, there's a general, there's an, I can say there's like a general umbrella way of treating this in terms of, you know, like techniques and things. But it's really dependent on the person of where they're at motivationally so there's a there's a theory um, a motivational model theory that was created by this these two people called Prochaska and DiClemente the motivational the model of change so some t so people are either pre-contemplative which means they're not looking at changing at all and they don't care and they're just <laughs> done they're like I'm not even thinking about it and don't tell me about it because I don't want to know and I'm you know people come into my office because someone drags them there and they're like there's nothing wrong with me and I'm never coming back that's you yep. know, okay which is rare, but it happens, you know. Um, but then there's contemplative people who are thinking about it. So if they're contemplative, so you assess, where is the person in this line? Are they pre-contemplative so that you're out? Contemplative, yay, we've got to start, right? Um, they're in pre-planning mode. They're in action mode. They're in maintenance and taking care of themselves mode and really working at it. Or they're in, like, failure, relapse, and we're not going to do this and go back to pre-contemplative. So... The techniques are great across the board, but you have to find out really where that person is in their in their chain mm -hmm. of the mod motivational model and then figure out, or the person has to figure that out. So for all the listeners, yep. are you contemplating change? Are you wanting to be different? Are you wanting to bring your success from one place or your, your way of being in the world from one place into another? Um, or you want to get them more balanced or whatever that is? That means you got to find out, are you already in the action planning stage? Are you getting stuck there because you're setting too big a goal, not micro-goaling, not, you know, you're not mini-goaling. You're, like, looking at the big picture five right. years from now versus, like, what do we need to do for the next two weeks? Um, you know, or are you in, like, the full-on action stage? So it's really dependent on where they are. And then you add in some techniques that match the stage where they're in um, and, and assessing that. And if you don't go to therapy or if you don't have someone life coaching you and you're and you're listening then it's about you have to self-assess where am i at do i really want to change do i really need to change is it impacting other people around me 
that's often a question that people don't ask themselves. How right. is my behavior impacting someone else? <laughs> Their role in what's going on. Right. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, how's, you know, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. I'm good. I'm happy there. I come home and what's the problem? Um, that's not usually, you know, the, the outsiders around you are usually going like, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, so it's really assessing yourself for where you're at and then adding in like, okay, now here's where we add in. A goal, uh, something that's purposeful, something that has intention, something that means something to you to make you feel like you do at work. You know, if you don't value, I have a couple of people I see that don't value family. They love their family, love, but they don't value family the way that they value the, the life at work and for a variety of different reasons and getting that to balance. And it's a struggle because they love the feeling of being at work, love what they get from it. They get lots of kudos. They yep. get bonuses. They get perks. They get all this stuff. And people are always like, all hail. Yep. Versus at home, oh, you actually have to do dishes. And you actually have to get up and help. And you have to do for your, you know, and at work, everyone waits on them. And everyone's doing for them. And, and at home, nah, now you just, you know, you're just a person. Nothing extra special. And right. that's in, so like, the, so the, that performance, you know, think about athletes. People who perform really great for coaches or themselves or their families or whatever, there's this very balanced mindset around like how important they are to themselves, how they are to other people. It's not just like, ah, it's, it's about other people. If they don't care about me, I don't care. Yeah. And that's, you know, you see that a lot on sports teams. Like, you know, if someone gets benched all the time and they're not playing, well, by the time they get out there to play, you see like, eh. Yeah. Lackluster. They're like, I'm not being picked to play all the time. Yep. And I'm, and I, you know, me, my thing is everyone on the bench is just as important as anyone on the field. Everyone on the sidelines, if you're injured, you're still there. You're still part of the team. You're cheerleader. You're cheerleading has, and cheerleading being not like pom pom cheerleader. Right. Just, you're there to motivate the team because you're still a team player. Um, and that mindset is, same one you should have in family, same one you should, and I use should loosely, but you should have it in family life. You should have it in your, um, you know, your activity life, whatever it is, you have to bring that mindset across. And that's what I think, I think, given that I've now read the book that I'm going to be talking about with them next week, that that's one of the big concepts is it, it's got to be across the board and how you can really implement that. And it's not that hard because if you've had at least one success in your life, which everybody has taking that feeling or that experience and what that mindset was. And even if you have to pick it apart to really go, okay, how do I apply that across the board? Right. Instead of yeah. getting defeated. Um, and that's, and it will be, I think it's timely because so many people have felt so little success in the past year and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, in that... their, in their lives. Cause they're, you know, most people that are listening are not top end athletes that are master class, but their lives are everyone everyone is a top end athlete in their mind to be a performer at life to be your best self and how do you get there yep how do you not fall short goes back to you know not externalizing there's all those pieces that they touch on in the book about you know taking responsibility and accountability for yourself not passing it off on others right making sure that you're are you doing for you because if you don't do for you first and take care of you, then you can't be for other people. And if you're so focused in a selfish way, not selfless way in that, then it will backfire and roll in on you. I mean, there's so many great concepts in that. Um, but again, 
like reading a book. It takes a little <laughs> effort to put that time in and, and have that interest in yourself enough to do the work. 2020 was an interesting dynamic there because yeah. most people had a chance to get out of their home ego and go to their uh, work ego and yeah. had um, oftentimes that's uh, that's helpful for people, but everyone's roles get rearranged and your ability to do what you're supposed to do, what you're expected to do as a parent, for example, as a uh, provider or as a teacher, as a mentor, as a caretaker, that all got strained. It was really... Because well, it all got jumbled. Yeah. It got very clouded and blurry and muddy. Yeah. And and right now I'm, I'm working with a lot of people on, on tangling that because it was confusing. Yeah. Um, and, and kids uh, and people... This always goes when people are like, oh, they're just kids, they're fine. Kids are very messed up by this because, you know, depending on their parenting style of people and, like, how socially restricted they got. I mean, I have kids that still have parents ordering from Instacart and not going out and still worried. And now, the you know, the yeah. hey, I digress, but the whole thing is we might go back to masking because the Delta variant. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> Just stop. It's summer. Go out. Stop. You know, because people are still doing that. But kids are suffering because that blurry line for a variety of reasons. I have a handful, and I would imagine this is really common now, but I have a handful of people that are adults with kids that don't want to go outside the house because it's becoming really comfortable. So now they've become reclusive. So their kids are now socially disconnected. And it's, you know, and... Yeah. and we learn the importance of this secondary function of school, which is to get kids out of the house and in another environment right. and, and dealing with other expectations and responsibilities. Right. And things like that. I mean, you know, homeschooling became a thing right. in 2020. More and more people are going towards it. But it, it, and there are, we can debate education and how well it goes from an education standpoint. But that function of getting kids out of the house and into another separate society and functioning on their own right. within that framework is an important thing. And when that's missing, a lot of these kids have spent a year missing that. Right. They've just been living out of the house. Right. It, well, because it's so, it's so, um, the school environment is really the mimicking, at least in our culture, of going to work. Right. So if, you know, parent, you know, the adults in the house aren't going to work and the kids haven't been going to work and they've been doing it all at home and then they lack the social connection of the elemental, fundamental building blocks of social skill building that adults technically are supposed to have. And right. when they have children, they're supposed to be teaching that. Interacting with other people. Right. All those... Rising to expectations, having responsibilities, those right. type of things. Accountability, yeah. not externalizing, all those things is they're missing. Then we have... Understanding the big one, understanding that there is more to life than you. Right. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That is a novel concept for yeah. people. Well, especially kids. Well, yeah, because the spotlight effect, you know, is, you know, yep. the phenomenon of the spotlight effect is now around 10, 11 years old. I'm finding it starts a little earlier these days yep. in my practice and goes all the way up until, you know, you're 17, 18 years old, unless you're a narcissistic kid. And then you become even longer with it. But the spotlight effect is a psychological phenomenon where everyone at the base as a teen or preteen thinks that the whole world revolves around them. And not in a selfish way, but in an actual mental, developmental, cognitive way that right. there's a self-consciousness built in that they have to get hardwired or unhardwired out of them because they believe that everybody's talking about them, everyone's looking at them, everyone's judging them, everyone's... Right. And, and, and I always say to kids, always say, if you're doing that and other people are doing that and it's an actual, like a phenomenon, 
how many people are really looking at you? <laughs> how no, many people are yeah. really talking about you? Because they're all yeah. worried about themselves. So, you know, and really great self-aware kids usually giggle at that and have a moment of, ah. Once they realize that there are other people out there, right. which leads to the next concept, which hopefully kids experience, is you get into a team sport or some kind of activity that right. means that you have responsibility to other people. Right. And sometimes, and that's a part of your life. Right. Right. The the ability to, not everything is about your outcome. Right. Or your outcome is tied to something bigger than you, and you can get there by helping somebody else. Right. And I well. and I think that the 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 lack this past year or so of the sports going away for kids growing up this is one But that was just a massive acceleration of a trend that had been going on that was, for some time. Right. And so then yeah. so we talk about the the mental mindset of building people into adults that have a strong constitution and foundation to be able to be successful in a broader sense than just their one or two persona pieces that 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 is super important right now to get out there and get people back in or kids back into um, sports, or even if they weren't doing it, sports and drama camp and even a regular summer camp. I have had parents that sent their kids off finally. They never, they were never going to do it before, and they send them off to you know four and six week overnight camps for archery and swimming, and yeah. they didn't care. They're like they just need to go one to relieve them, but also yeah. like they knew, you know, I have some really great parents in my practice that were like, we knew that my you know that my ten year old and my twelve year old were like cuckoo crazy in their heads because they had been so disconnected and they you know in parents like i would never have sent them before to those kinds of camps but because i wanted them home we had summer plans but they're like now like go and do because they knew that you can't have your kids sitting at home in a room right and not being involved and doing things it's, it, it, and no one has to be because it feeds the biggest problem that athlete. spotlight effect that right that you know everything revolves around me and right. lack of responsibility to a your family members or going beyond society in general right yeah right and so and and that's one of the downsides of the pandemic of many but that it's just it it taught people to just be shut in and not do and that's why i was pushing last year no matter what still get out still like walk around still say hi from across the street do something because staying in is just not going to help you and and that's one of the biggest things i'm seeing now is the 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 non-competitive mindset now i don't say competitive in the way that it's like right. oh, go out there and win it's competitive against yourself be better than you were yesterday like like i said to you last everyone's week, resigned why do you get up and be mediocre shoot for mediocrity let's do that that's yeah. not that's not you don't have to be um you know lebron james you just have to be your best you. And if your best you is that you got up and you didn't put anything on besides your pajamas and you didn't brush your teeth and you stayed in your bed and you did work from bed, this is not your best you because that's shortening your life. I mean, there's so many. It's unhealthy. It's right. it's nutritionally not sound. It's, you know, and, you know. Yeah. And and many people did that. Um, and some to minor degree, but there's many people that now are in really bad ways because they've done that. And it's not a good healthy way to be if you already had that mindset of mediocrity anyway right um and you were telling yourself that you were way more than mediocre but your your actual production was mediocre then you know and, and you know every, there's a continuum everyone has to fit somewhere on the continuum there's going to be very few people at the top of the hill lots of people in the middle fine and then there's going to be you know a lot of people at the bottom of the hill but the point is is 
get above the middle ground. Well, the, you stop collecting that boost of a win to keep the competitive theme going. Right. And, and a win can be, geez, I cleaned out the closet today mm -hmm. or, or I cleaned out the freezer. Which is the best feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah. but Trust you, me, I know. Or you get up and you put two or three things on a to-do list and get it done, even if it's a phone call, even right. if it's, a, well, I got to deal with this, you know, well, go deal with it. Right. Just get it done. And then you get that little adrenaline from a win and you start building, you start understanding why you chase the wins in the first place. Right. Well, and I, th and I think that that's where I think the guys next week will agree with a lot of the stuff that I talk about here is that it's like building wins in your life. How do you build wins and then capitalize on them? I mean, they might not use that same language, but, yeah. you know, it's really about building. Well, first you have to understand why you want the wins. People have forgotten right. why they want the wins. And that goes back to what's your why? Yeah. Why, why is it because I want money? That's not a why. That's right. an that's a result of what your why is. You want like why do I want to lose weight? Why do I want to you know okay, we'll go with that. Why do I want to lose weight? Not because I want to be skinny, because I don't want diabetes. I don't want heart disease. I would like to live longer, or maybe I don't, but I would like to at least not die painfully. Yeah. I would like to. Uh, yeah, for so me, I got, I got to that age where it was like I want to be able to walk in my seventies. I want to be able right. to get around. I want to be physically capable. Right, and yeah. and and it's and it's the why is about I want to feel good, or I want. It's not about being skinny. That's it, it, people always say. Well, I just want to lose weight so I can be thin. Not a good because that's not that's a right. that's a shallow and not saying that derogatory. It's a shallow meaning. It's just not having enough depth of goal to get to. It means. Right. It's it's it, that there's no buy-in. It's there's not enough purpose to say, hey, I want to feel. I, I exercise to feel good. I don't exercise to be 12 pounds. I exercise so that I some people. I exercise so I can eat more. Eh, well, I exercise so I can eat the things I want yeah. without having to worry about gaining 500 pounds. Right. Um, that's fine, you know. But you have to be able to do those things and not give up. I mean, the, you know, it's hard, so hard to see. Young, young people like that are way overweight and oh, struggling yeah. with that and can barely walk and then externalize it all that, you know, oh, well, it's genetics and it's this and it's like, what's going on? Oh, we have someone outside. Yeah. But why? See, you've got kids like that and you wonder why they don't have motivation. In other words, well, it's role modeling. Well, yes. But it's also that weight isn't keeping them from anything that they want to do. Right. Because a lot of things are being provided, first of all. Well, right. Yeah. And they don't have to. They don't have to. Exactly. That's, it, it's the, yeah. they don't have to, and there's no one holding them to accountability because there's no one being accountable on the other side because there's usually similar. Right. I used right? to say during, uh, you know, Michelle Obama's administration, they were talking about school lunches, and they were talking, yep. you know, they're taking Doritos bags out of the vending machines right. at school. Right. That's not the problem. Right. It's the family size bag and the two liters of Coke at home when they get home. That's the problem. Well, yeah. And so, you know, as I do the nutritional, like integrative medical piece at, at my work, there's oftentimes, you know, we do, I do a food evaluation because so, of how it impacts mental health. Right. And, and when I do like the concept of calorie deficiting and all that stuff, it isn't to like show people restriction or anything like that. It's about, you have to be able to account for, okay, you may have had three meals today. You may have gotten up and had a yogurt and a banana 
and then you had your salad and your chicken, and then at night you had your vegetables and your piece of steak and your potato, but what did you have in between? Because oftentimes people will say, well, I didn't eat anything else. Yeah, yeah, you had three crackers and cheese, you had an apple, you had a half a candy bar, you picked up two pieces of Jolly Rancher, you had a scoop of ice cream, you had three potato chips, and then you ate a sleeve of Oreos, but those don't count. Because the people that do that have that mindset of, that doesn't count. Right. Well, now the calories in your head that were supposed to be around 1,200, now here we go back to diet, right? Yeah. Here's the mindset of a competitive, not a competitive, a uh, a world-class mindset isn't about lying to yourself. A world-class mindset is I'm accounting for everything in my life instead of going, well, I, that, today's the day that ends in why it's okay because it's a cheat day. There's no cheat days. Every day counts. That's... Every moment counts. Everything counts. There's no cheat days. Everything goes in. You own it. If I eat pizza today, which I do once in a while, I own it because it, yeah. why, why would, well, I'm going to just cheat. No, it, I ate it. That's what it is. This is what we, this is exactly what we're talking about because that accountability is what you develop as an athlete. It's right. what you develop in school. In other words, when I did the weight loss thing, which is why I think weight loss is such a great. It gives you such a great skill set to attack everything else. Mm -hmm. Because if you're doing it correctly, yeah. Because you do you set these micro goals. It's right. like well, the first thing I always tell everybody: the first thing is account for what you're eating. Mm -hmm. See how much you're actually eating. Download the app. Do that today. That's all you got to do. Right. I don't care. And then learn do how it, to yeah. use it. Put a meal or two in. Account for what you're eating and then look for that 500 calorie deficit. And what happened for me, the athlete, was if I didn't get that 500 calorie deficit, I failed. I lost. Right. And I didn't like that. I was just right. like, this is such an easy goal. I should be able to do this. Well, and, and that's, and, you know, so it's, it's the, so there's so many pieces to that. The, yeah. rec the recognition of, the recognition to yourself, this is like therapy. People don't like to do therapy a lot of times because they actually have to look at their stuff. Yeah. And, and Having to look at what That's you're why eating. accountability is so important. And yeah. having to look at what you're truly eating, people don't want to do that. And people don't want to be honest. And people don't want to, and they don't want to be honest to me, and they don't want to be honest to yeah. themselves. And, and I'll say, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. You can tell me all day long in the past yep. two weeks that you've eaten perfectly. And if the scale hasn't moved, I don't need to see the scale. I can see it in you. It's, it's not, it's, it's. You lose weight in the kitchen, not the gym. That's right. Yeah. Right. And people just are like, well, you know, but, and yeah. Not that there's, there's anything wrong with being in the gym. To, there, yeah. Well, you have to be moving, but yeah. it's still about, you lose weight in the kitchen. It's, it's get off your butt and stop putting your hand in the package of stuff. Yeah. But that accountability and you laughed and I was wondering where you were going with it because yeah. there were many times when I did an extra half hour in a treadmill so I could have a slice of pizza. And That's a lot what of I'm doing. Do that. Yeah. And, and certainly and certainly I absolutely will do that knowing that I will stack the deck because it's a psychological phenomenon that we do. And also my lovely upbringing in gymnastics because we were trained to be crazy. Yeah. So but. But oftentimes, because I'm aware of the whole process and I know that it's like that, I, I actively know not to do it, even though I do it. And then I cognitive behaviorally go, you know what, you don't have to do that because there's days where I don't do the extra and be like, oh, I'm still going to have that anyway. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. You know and so, but I know it. Like, I own it. And yes. a lot of people don't. They'll, like, bury it in their head. It's the burying of, like, oh. I didn't do that, or ah, that didn't count. It was only, you know, people don't re people don't realize that when you take notorious like the, you know, the little pint of ice cream, the little pint of ice cream, they had a scoop. Well, the scoop was half of the pint, yeah, and that half a pint was four hundred calories, um, but they just had a scoop, 
so they don't count that. Right. Well, 400 calories was one of your meals for today. So yeah. you there's there's your calorie deficit that at 10 o'clock at night you just ate and now you're going to bed on it. And people, it's it's about really getting accountable to yourself of what you're doing so that you can feel good. Because the better you feel, the more motivated right. you are. The more motivated you are, the more likely you're going to have that world-class mindset of success. You're going to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take today off and not do those things because I'm going to give myself a break because tomorrow I'm going to... Yeah. You drop the five pounds. You get the extra notch on the belt. You look in the mirror and go, hey. And those are all things that keep you motivated. Right. But I did a lot of strategizing and a lot of, you know, I used to describe it as my whole, my quote-unquote diet was not eat stupid 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And it was just a matter of, and I did a lot of that during the day. It's like, well, I, I'm going to I'm not that hungry. I'm going to have something light for lunch so that I can do a little better at right. dinner, you know, right. and just well, because and that's, and that's the whole goal was as long as I'm 500 calories in deficit, at least. But that's I'm about okay. listening to yourself, too, like you just said, you know, and then and that could be for food. It could be for buying something in a store, you yeah. know, the retail therapy. It's like, are you really needing something? Are you really hungry? Are you because likely I mean, you, I call it the elephant in your head. You have an elephant that's going to steamroll you over to be like, oh, I'm bored, so I'm going to eat that thing. Well, those Cheetos and those um, crappy, junky things wouldn't be in your house if you didn't buy them. So when the elephant comes stampeding through your head to go, I really want something to eat, you're going to be able to pick up an apple. You're going to pick up a carrot stick. You're, going to, you're yeah. not going to reach for a bag of pretzels. That's such a big one. Just don't keep stuff in the house. Right. It's too easy. It's just too easy. Right. And Or... The famous 100-calorie packs. God love marketing, right? <laughs> 100 calories of crap is still 100 calories of crap. And it doesn't mean it's, you know, fat-free. Fat fat-free 100 calories is still... And it, fat is good. I'd rather you eat a stick of butter than a 100-calorie <laughs> pack. Yeah. But nonetheless, right? By the way, I, was, I, used to have a fr I used to have a gymnast friend that would eat a stick of butter. Really? So that just made me think of that. But 100-calorie yeah. packs, by the way, are 100 calories of Oreos are still 100 calories of Oreos. Trans fat, saturated fat, yeah. added sugar, preservatives, all kinds of junk. And guess what? 100 calories of that fat is still 100 calories. Tried had this argument all the time with somebody about these stupid Fiber One bars that were 90 calories and 3 grams of protein. It's like, okay, you're wasting your time. Right, 3 you're grams of protein is You're wasting waste. your time. You're going right. to be eating again in an hour. Right, well, and, and that's so... So this is, so it turns into the But it's diet, only 90 the, calories. It's right, like, yes, but the 200 calories you're going to eat because you're not, this isn't working for you. Right. And so that's, it's about, and that, so there's, there's the world-class mindset versus the instant gratification. And it, just because it says it's, just because it says it's light. Yeah. Right. doesn't mean you have two. Right. Right. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and I think that that speaks to a lot of people that will buy like, oh, I bought this yogurt or I bought this whatever, and it's 45 calories, but I had to have three of them. Well, there's a reason why it was 45 calories, because it's working with a mindset that you need to have in order to be able to maintain not having 150 calories worth of yogurt. If you did that, why don't you just have 150 calories of yogurt with a full fatted yogurt where you're getting the full nutrition instead of one that's processed and junky. Right. Yeah, just yeah. don't get me started. Oh, I know. Yeah. Huh? Oh, I know. Yeah. 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 These so are it's, the things you go around, but you have to, you have to learn. And, and that hopefully well, what happens is you make these gains and you start to get into it a little bit. And it just right. it became, a, became a thing for me. I just had to learn. So I, I needed to be efficient in my intake so that I didn't feel hungry. Right. And I wasn't killing myself. Well, so it's about being, so it goes back to the beginning of the show when I was saying, you know, like, the account the accountability for 
the mindset that you have and building on the successes as if you're at work. You have these kudos and what, why shortchange yourself when you could do the full thing versus versus the half thing that's going to make you have to do it over or whatever. It's like it's like buying a couch at a discount furniture place and then three years later having to buy another one when, of course, you could have just gone and paid full price, albeit may right. have put you in a little debt. But in 17 years, you might still have it as opposed to the four that you bought that cost you more than the one. That you're, it's the same concept. It's the mindset of being, am I doing the best for me to make it Okay, and I understand because using that example, people be like, well, I can't afford that. You can afford things that will make your life better as long as you're making the best decisions to make your life better, not shortcutting. Every time you make a shortcut, you're shortchanging yourself. And so, you know, like the mindset of, well, if I eat healthy, it's more expensive. No, it's not. No. No, it's not. That's, that is a, such a crock. It's not, it, it might look more expensive on the surface, but when you put side to side eating clean, like vegetables, fruits, healthy foods, non-processed, next to Burger King, shot, you know, yeah. going to Wendy's and out to dinners and out to lunches and pizzas and all that stuff, yeah, it's much cheaper to eat healthy and your body won't crave all that stuff because fast food, as I talked about last week and all those things, it's a, it creates a mindset of need of more and more and more because it yep. spikes your insulin, it spikes your glutamate, it spikes all those things in your body because of the different ways they process and how they process like a, a little bit of protein with a high carb and like throw in a piece of lettuce. And now an hour <laughs> later you're starving. And so... And there's, another, like there's another Burger King in front of you. Right. Yeah. Right. Or a pizza. Yeah. So, and, you know, and there's some people like, you know, my husband can eat thousands of calories a day and I have uh, my personal trainer himself. It kills me because he, and he works, his whole job is he can and because he, he burns them. everything in it, oh. but he eats clean. Okay. He eats thousands of calories, but he eats clean. Yeah. But it kills me because he can eat. <laughs> I'm like, how do you do that? Because right? he has good, good metabolism because he burns. Both. Yeah. And, and he eats, I, and I think he's been doing it so long. And he works, I mean, he works out seven hours a day, essentially, because he works out all the time with his clients. So yeah. I think that, that, you know, I always tell him that you, bet you can't ever stop. When you hit 50, you're going to be in trouble. And he's like, I know. He does know that because of the way his lifestyle so is. So think and of an offensive lineman at 50. Yeah, right. I'm like, if you keep going that way. So um, it's very funny. But um, so on this note. Next week, mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about the world-class mindset. I'm sure it won't go into the detail that we go into here because we, how, how long will we be having with our lovely gentleman next week? Maybe half an hour. All right. So we will be having a great discussion. If anyone has um, a chance to look up the book or listen to the book or read the book this week um, from Noel Brick and Scott Douglas, um, the genius of athletes, the world-class mindset in everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, certainly run out there and look at it because you can. And then if you have questions or you have thoughts that you might want me to address, um, I will Drop certainly do that if I can, but I will be bringing whatever I can to the table to get them to talk about things that I'm sure that hopefully nobody else has asked them because you know there's always those standard questions that I was like, right. so how did you, who cares? Yeah. I know how you wrote the book. So <laughs> I want to know, I want to know the details of like, how would you guys apply this and give my listeners a good, good way to look at this. So yes. to get people motivated. So exciting time. So don't forget to go to THB or I should say the human backslash challenges for me to go and, and don't forget to come back and listen next week to how to make your mindset 
that of a world-class athlete. All right. Everyone have a great 4th of July weekend. It will be a hot one from what I hear across the country. Have a good time and be safe.